All right. All right, all right, all right. What's going on, everybody? Once again, how's it going for all those of you who just joined us here? I want to give, of course, a big shout-out to everybody who's with us on, on Facebook. If you're Facebook Live right now, feel free to hit us up in the in the chat, and we'll be happy to, you know, um, just engage you, talk to you, and hear from you about the topics we're taking a look at. But today, I want us to look at the book of Genesis. You know, we're talking a lot about commitment and um, what commitment can do in our lives. And Christ and God, you know, of course, are a two-in-one, um, all really the same person, but whether we're hearing it from the Father or whether we're hearing it spoken from Christ himself when he was on earth, he spoke a lot about the importance of being committed. He talked about commitment in a variety of, of contexts. He would talk about commitment mainly to God, um, of course, to, to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. I mean, to do that requires tremendous commitment, and that's the number one command um, that God has given to us. He said, more than anything else I want you to do, I want you to try to love me with all your heart, mind, and soul, and I want you to be committed to that. God's committed to us. That's why he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, because of his amazing commitment to us. And so he asks that we would also show uh, a requisite level of, of commitment, you know, also to him. And that is why, you know, we see from the Lord that he asks us to be fully and totally committed, um, to love someone with all your heart. I mean, I don't even – it's hard to really figure out – the right words to describe even what that means, like to love someone with all that you are, all your mind, soul, and all of your strength. I mean, it's very, very interesting language the Lord uses, but he wants to be as descriptive as he can in terms of helping us understand how committed he wants us to be uh, to loving him. I'm trying to think, you know, what in my life do I love it with all of my heart, soul, and strength? I mean, it's it's interesting to, to think about that. Like, do I love something so much that I put all my energy and strength towards loving it? And do we love God to that extent? Do I? I think about that in the context of myself. I say, do I love him with all my strengths? And I want to think about that often because the more we think about it and evaluate ourselves, the easier it is for us to catch if we're in a season where maybe we're not as close to God. But, you know, to love him with all our strength would take a tremendous level of commitment. And it's something that I think we all need God's help in doing. We need God's help in ensuring that we can continually um, seek him with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to be fully committed also unto him. So those are just some kind of opening remarks there. Um, and then, you know, correspondingly, what we see in the Word of God is is a basically a command to also love our neighbors as ourselves. And in order to do that, you have to be committed to it. You have to be really committed as a person to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. I'm trying to think right now. I live in a, you know, little, you know, community or what have you, and I don't even know some of my neighbors. So to go from that to say I love them as myself, I mean, that is really, really a high bar that, it, that the Lord has set for us. And he wants us to be committed to that task and to be committed to that um endeavor. And I think it's worth the while for us to think about that and think of what that means, to love our neighbor, literally the exact same as we love ourselves. And in other scriptures, you'll even see it say to love people or think of them as more than yourself, like as better than yourself. And when it uses that scripture or that language in the scripture, it's not talking about 
having low self-esteem and thinking other people are better than you and you're good for nothing or something like that. What it means is thinking of other people and putting their needs first and thinking highly of them and not us having, you know, our, our egos, you know, bruised, you know, when other people are uplifted instead of us, but to think highly of other people and be like, wow, you know, that person's great and to say nice things about them and to encourage them and, and to be able to do all that without getting jealous, for instance, and without, you know, feeling bad about ourselves. And so those are the kind of things that God asks us to do, and it, it takes commitment to do that. And so commitment of the utmost importance. But to take this down to, you know, kind of a, in a different direction, the discussion in a different direction, as we all know, commitment is often the key to the one thing that, you know, the vast majority of us, I would argue, you know, maybe, you know, I, I don't know what the exact percentage is because no one's ever done a survey of this nature, but I would probably wager to say that, you know, 99% of people in life, you know, want to succeed, right? They, they'd like to succeed. Maybe, you know, some people want it more than others. They want it better than others, right? And that's why you get some people who, you know, work really, really hard and in, in, in whatever it is in their life that they are aspiring to be in others who seem to work a little bit less hard. But by and large, if you were to ask the vast majority of people, do you want to succeed in whatever that means to you, whether that's monetarily, whether it's succeeding in relationships, whether it's succeeding um, in, you know, having fun, I mean, I don't know, right? Whatever it is that, you know, kind of floats their boat, they would say, yeah, I want to succeed in the things that I care about, right? And so, you know, one of the things that often comes to my mind is the importance of commitment to success. You know, when you when you think about people who, you know, want to, for example, you know, advance their careers, you know, oftentimes, you know, there's a certain level of schooling that needs to transpire and it takes commitment. It takes a lot of time to say, I'm gonna to go to med school for eight years or whatever it is, right? Or to say, I'm gonna to go to law school and spend all that time studying and reading those books. And you have to be relatively committed uh, to something like that, right? And the commitment leads to success. Um, the word of God uh, likens the Christian walk to being an athlete who's committed to running a race, like like a sprinter, or like a distance runner. And the Lord says, and you, you'll hear it, you know, actually Paul writing, you know, in in some of the in some of the scriptures, it says things like, "I train my body like an athlete to do as it ought to do." Like the level of commitment that they have to to win the championship, to you know, be first place in their marathon is the same level of commitment I need to have to living the life that follows God. It takes commitment. It takes discipline. I discipline my body. I discipline myself. I show commitment to the things of God, and I build endurance, so to speak, in the same way a distance runner builds endurance by continually doing the things that need to be done. And commitment is the key to that. Commitment is really and truly the key to that. And so I'm saying up to this point a whole bunch of things that, are unsurprising to all of you, right? We, we basically get that commitment's important. This is a bit of a reminder, but I think that nobody here is sitting around thinking, well, commitment's an unimportant and completely, you know, irrelevant thing to discuss if you want to succeed. We all know that you have to be committed if you want to succeed. We all get that. But more significantly, or the nuance um, in this teaching that I want to, to talk through is look at Genesis 39 um, and verse 1, because... It is very easy for us to be committed, and, and granted, I say very easy, you know, with the understanding that even though it might be easy, um, a lot of us don't often do this, but it is easier, I'll say, to be committed when things are going well. It's much harder to be committed when you're faced with adversity, and that perhaps is the, 
you know, one of the top reasons for why a lot of people, you know, Christians or not Christians, um, kind of give up on, on their opportunities to find success and to find um, prosperity in life. I'm not just talking about, you know, in terms of material things or any form of prosperity, realistically. Um, it's because when things get hard, you know, we, we, we kind of fold and we, and we don't, we don't push through and we're not committed, um, to being our best in, in difficult moments. And so I want to talk a little bit about being our best in difficult moments. And in order to illustrate that, I want to look at the book of Genesis 39. I'm going to read this, this scripture to you, and I'm actually not going to immediately comment. I'm actually looking to you now. I'm looking to all those of you who dialed in on the conference line, all those of you who have been with us um, on the Facebook Live. I'm going to immediately read the scripture, then I'm going to immediately turn it back right over to you because I am very, very interested in hearing your perspectives on this and hearing what comes to your mind when we read and look at this passage of Scripture. It says in verse 1 of Genesis 39, Now when Joseph arrived in Egypt with the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, a, me- a member of the personal staff of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. The Lord was with Joseph and blessed him greatly as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. So Joseph naturally became quite a favorite with him. Potiphar soon put Joseph in charge of his entire household and entrusted him with all his business dealings. From the day Joseph was put in charge, Lord began to bless Potiphar's, Potiphar for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs began to run smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't have a worry in the world, except to decide what he wanted to eat. And so, yeah, I love those, I love those scriptures. Um, but I'd be interested to hear if anybody has any kind of reaction to like what we've read. Hit star five if you do, or put your comments in the chat. And I'm going to give a little bit of context. I realize I didn't give some context about this story even before um, reading it. And I see that hand up from Raj. I'm going to get to that hand in a second. I'm interested to hear what our brother has to say. But to contextualize this for people who are less familiar with the story, before, so, so here's what's happening in Joseph's life. He, he's been sold into slavery by his brothers. For those who don't know the story already, he's been sold into slavery. His brothers betray him. We're going to kill him, but then decided, oh no, we're actually, you know, because we're so magnanimous, we'll just make him a, you know, since we're such good guys, we won't just kill him. We'll just, you know, send him off as, as a slave because we're, you know, we're really generous like that. And so they send him off to become a slave. And he ends up working for the chief or the commander of the palace guards of Pharaoh. So Pharaoh's king of, of most likely the most powerful and influential nation on earth at the time. This gentleman's like the, the head of the palace guards, like the equivalent of like being like a CIA director or something, a man of a relative clout and stature. But he's working in the house um, and doing his best and being committed to doing an excellent job. So I wanted to give you that context. And now, with that being said, I want to hear from those of you. Don't be shy to raise a hand. Hit star five. There's no reason to not do it because there's no right, right or wrong answer. It's just a matter of hearing what you have to say, what your comments are. Raja, let's go to you, my brother. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, so thanks for contextualizing it. It helps what I'm about to say. So immediately the things that I had noticed when I had read this was um, several things. One was that uh, God was with him, 
It says uh, Yahweh was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. Uh, another thing I noticed was that somebody who did not believe in Yahweh or know him, even that person was still able to see that God was with Joseph, and that was Potiphar. Um, and what I see from all this is that, you know, Joseph went from losing his earthly father when he was sold into slavery, but he was still in communication with his heavenly father. And also Amen. Joseph was stripped of his of his robe that had many colors that or, or ordained him, which showed, you know, his place in the family and how special he was. But even though he was stripped of that uh, that that cloak, that coat, he still had the coat of God on him, which allowed Potiphar to see that God was still with him, his heavenly father, rather than his earthly father. Yeah, man, man. That was that was a lot of good, you know, kind of commentary there, Roger. So, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I'd be interested to hear if anybody else as well has any other kind of comments or thoughts along the lines of what our brother was just talking about. But, yeah, it's so important what Roger was saying, which is just, uh, you know, just to kind of add to it, is just this notion that God was with him. And when God's with you, um, what happens is that he causes you, first of all, to, to succeed at things that matter to you. And it's to the point where even people who are, like, in your general vicinity will start succeeding just because God's with yes. you. It's almost like the glory of the Lord is, is rubbing off on other people. And it says very interestingly that that Potiphar, Potiphar was blessed for Joseph's sake. What does that mean? That means God said – in order for Joseph to be blessed and have an easy time living in this person's home, I need to make sure that Potiphar, you know, recognizes Joseph as a capable young man. I need to make sure that Potiphar's life is good. Then he'll realize and think to himself, wait, why has my life become so easy now? It's, like, it's this Joseph character. It's this guy. Um, he, he, there's something special about him. And that would actually make it things better for for Joseph long term. Now, that's relevant to you and I because, you know, many of us, you know, have, a, have you know, um, say, superiors at work or in, in various other areas of our life. And it's important to know that when we're walking with the Lord, he'll bless, like, our bosses for our sake, right? He'll cause people, you know, to be, you know, to have a good season, um, to have a good year, um, to be successful in things they're doing whenever we put our hands on something um, because he wants to bless us. That's one of the ways that God actually blesses us by uh, causing us to actually find favor with with men and women that we interact with on a regular basis. So I just wanted to point that out to you all. I think that um I think that what you see is um is that without without a doubt God's capable of doing that. And I also thought it was interesting with what our brother Roger was saying about um just you know the fact that even though he had lost his earthly father, he was so connected with his heavenly father. And so, you know, that kind of comes back to the to the topic we've been talking about related to commitment. Um, where Joseph's commitment to God enabled him to have success um, in Potiphar's home. It was God who caused him to be successful, and the genesis of his success was his commitment uh, to the Lord, and that he hadn't forgotten about the Lord that he had known all his life. So I think that's very important. Uh, anybody else have any other thoughts, comments? Um, hit star five if you do. I'd be interested to hear from some other people who are on the line, because I know we do have a lot of good and thoughtful folks. Um, and then also anybody on Facebook Live, you can put your comment just by writing it out in the chat section um, if you have a comment that you'd like to share as well. I'd be happy to hear from you as well. 
But but here's a thought, and, that, and here's a bit of a question for, for all those of you to kind of prompt some, some, some thought here, is what do you notice about the adversity that Joseph's going through? What, what, what do you think about the fact that he's, he's faced with this adversity, he's a slave, and yet he's showing this commitment to God and this commitment to, to excellence? What, what do you think about when you consider that fact? I wish I had to hear from anybody. If you can hit a star five if you, if you have a comment or something you'd like to say, you know, kind of regarding that, um, feel free to do so. But I'd be interested to hear if you will think about that. So here's Joseph, in, you know, enslaved, and yet he's so committed. I'm going to go to Kat. Hey, Kat, let us know what's on your mind. There you are, Kat. Go ahead. Hi. Oh, yes. Um, am I, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, I think that Joseph at this point knew, you know, God had already begun to show him glimpses of his future already uh, when he was, before his brothers even sold him into slavery. So, you know, having some type of idea of what was to come, I think he kind of understood that this was all sort of like a part of the process, not knowing where it was going. But having seen just those glimpses of his future, he just kind of trusted and surrendered. Yes, yes, I, I love that comment. You know, I think Kat, you know, is definitely onto something. And I didn't contextualize this piece of it. For those who, who just joined, by the way, this is Pastor Tim here. We're in Genesis um, chapter 39, talking about the story of Joseph. And, you know, one of the things that I think our sister Kat alluded to, and by the way, anybody else has a comment, Hit star five at any time. You can, you can jump in on the conversation here. And same thing with Facebook. You put a comment in the chat. But, um, you know, before Joseph ever was sold into slavery, and actually, you know, in part of the reason why he ends up, you know, matriculating into slavery is that his family, specifically his brothers, hated him because of the fact that that, that he was very vocal in espousing, you know, the fact that God – had put a special grace on his life. In other words, God was speaking to him through visions and dreams and showing him that he was going to be in positions of authority, even over his family members. And Joseph foolishly, to be quite honest, shared some of that, you know, with other people, and they despised him because of it. But with that being said, I do think Cap honor something to suggest that Joseph stored that in his heart, and he was committed to believing the Lord in what the Lord had said. And I think that's so important for all of you. There, there's some of you on here today who, who need to hear that. Like, it's very important for you to understand this, that it takes commitment in order to stand on God's promises. You have to be committed to it. It wasn't just like God showed Joseph rising and becoming a man of great stature, and then the next day he snapped his finger, and then he was. God showed him that vision and gave him that glimpse, and then he had to spend years enslaved before it came to fruition. Enslaved. I mean, it's unbelievable to think about that. But but in order to stay, you know, sane and in order to stay encouraged, I'm sure, and I can and I can imagine Joseph often thinking back about that promise that he received and about those dreams, and we know that Joseph was committed to believing the word of God because in subsequent parts of this, his story, 
you know, in fact, the thing that actually gets him to the position of great authority and honor and what have you is his ability to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh later on. And so what I'm trying to say basically is that you know that Joseph is the kind of person who believes and is committed to believing the word of God, believing what God, that God speaks through dreams and that envisions and that God spoke to him and that God speaks accurately. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been so confident to interpret Pharaoh's visions or Pharaoh's dreams with such staggering accuracy, right? So the bottom line is I think that Kat is definitely onto something in asserting that Joseph believe, hangs on to those promises and believe that God was calling them something great. And I believe that was probably something that, that sort of inspired him. Now, I don't want to extrapolate too far from the Scripture. The Scripture doesn't tell us specifically that Joseph was sitting there thinking about his dream from earlier. But again, what the Scripture does reveal to us is that Joseph believed the things he hears from the Lord when they appear in that, whether it's a dream or a vision or some form of the Lord communicating to him. We, we saw that clearly. And so I don't think it's beyond the pale for us to ascertain that Joseph would have been someone willing um, to um, you know, hang, stand on the promises that God had given him earlier. So anyway, I just wanted to you know, share something. I thank you so much, Kat, for you know, kind of enriching the conversation with some of your thoughts. Does anybody else have any other comments, questions, or, or thoughts about you know, what, we've, what we've looked at so far with the story of, um, of Joseph? And for those who just joined, we're talking a lot about commitment tonight and the importance of commitment in, in helping us to, um, to just you know, get to you know, where we're, we're called to be. Um, if anybody has any comments and you're on Facebook, you can put those in the chat. I see some of you kind of um, putting some commentary in there. But if you have any questions, comments, just things that, that you're kind of on your mind, but definitely feel free to let us know. Um, but let, let's move forward in the story of Joseph, and then I'd be interested to hear if there's any kind of comments or thoughts that others of you have related to the story in this context here. Um, but kind of moving forward, um, let's take a look at, at, at chapter um, 39, but now we're going to be at verse um, 19. And this is about, you know, Joseph being put in prison. So first he's sold in slavery, which is which is awful. And then after that, he is falsely accused of, <clears throat> of um, you know, well, we're all adults here, raping Potiphar's wife, which he did not do. And as a result, gets put in jail, gets thrown literally into prison. But what's interesting is, even in prison, his commitment to excellence, commitment to believing that God can still do something for him, was realistically unwavered. It says, after hearing his wife's story, this is verse 19, Potiphar was furious. He took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. Were held, were held. But the Lord was with Joseph there too, and he granted Joseph favor with the chief jailer. Before long, the jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The chief jailer had no worries after that because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him, making him making everything run smoothly and successfully. So you see what happens here. This man, it goes from bad to worse. He's now in a prison. At least before, he was living in Potiphar's house, and it was a very, very nice pad from what I imagine. And now he's in prison, falsely accused. Most of us would have probably wanted to give up and, and say, you know, life's unfair. I'm just throwing in the towel. And once again, he's still killing it. Whatever he does is succeeding. He's still working just as hard 
as he was before, as if he was not just accused of rape, as if he was not just thrown into prison for, for a false accusation. I mean, it takes tremendous commitment and tremendous belief in yourself to just get up each morning after that's happened to you and go be great to the extent where the chief jailer puts you in charge. I mean, there, there's, there's literally a saying that says you can't let the prisoners run the prison. You can't let the inmates run the asylum, right? You, you probably, some of you probably heard that. This jailer literally let the prisoner run the prison. Think about that for a second. The prisoners were literally running the prison because Joseph was in charge because that's how exceptional he was, and that's how committed to being great he was. So I don't know. My, the bottom line I'm trying to say is that that level of commitment is needed by all of us um, in order to, you know, to excel. And when we show this kind of commitment, it's really hard for something to keep us down. If anybody has any thoughts, comments, questions, feel free to raise a hand. If you're on the conference line, hit star five. I'd be interested to hear what people have to think about you know, what they're learning about the story of, of Joseph, what they're thinking about the story of Joseph, any insights they've, they've garnered from the story. I want to go over down over to our mother, Linda, and hear from you. Um, mother Linda, go for it. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is a beautiful lesson. Oh, my. This is so beautiful. And as you explained it so well, Pastor Tim, uh, how Joseph, a, excellent, a man of excellence, from a young gentleman, young child, and then his own brothers wanted to destroy him. And like you say, he still had that heart of excellence. And they even put him in a hole to leave him there. But his brother got him out and sold him. And like you said, his spirit still wasn't broken. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that we go through things now. And like you say, you know, different things that we, it's encouraging. The word of God is life to us. And it can help us in so many ways when we look at the ones before us, the ones that paved the way, the ones that went through trials and tribulations and came out on top, and how Joseph was a wonderful example of going through and all the things that happened to him to try to destroy him, that he still had that wonderful spirit and he didn't let it take him down. It is something that we can live by and that we can follow because some of us haven't had some of those things that Joseph had happened to him. And nowhere near some of us have not. But it is, when we look at our situation, it's, it's hard, though, the things that we go through because the Lord said that we will, we will have things to come in our lives. So a lot of, we do have to have some hard things, but when we look at that, at what Joseph went through, we haven't had some of those hard trials and things that he's had. But it's a wonderful scripture to follow when we're going through and to look at to help us get through 
life situations. This is a wonderful lesson. Thank you, Pastor Chair. Thank you so much, Mother Linda. I was talking on mute there for a second, but I uh, caught myself. But it's great to hear you, and thank you so much for, for just giving us um, such a you know such a great uh, commentary. There. Thank you. I think you're so right. No, absolutely. I think you're so right with everything you just said. And um, yeah, you know, there's a lot that we can learn from from Joseph's story, especially when you consider the fact that we have, in, in, in a lot of instances, most people will never go through the kind of hurt he went through. And it, is, it did affect him. It's Amen. important to notice that, you know. It's not just that Joseph, you know, it's easy for us to read the story and think, well, you know, Joseph's just a, a, a way stronger person than I am. He's emotionally stronger. He was able to deal with that stuff. He was just wired wow. that way. Yes. But but, but but later when his brothers um, come to see him, there's a time, for those of you who don't know the story, where eventually his brothers end up making their way down to Egypt at a point when he's now in charge. Like he's, the, you know, yes, he's basically second yes. in command. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when he sees them, he's he's moved to the point of like tears, like sobbing, like yes. still, the hurt he is had still there. Compassion you know? on them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He has compassion, but he was hurt. You know, and so I think that's important for us to yes. know is that you know that we can be pain. hurt. Yeah. Exactly. We can be hurt and still rise above it. You know, Joseph Amen. when he saw his brothers and he remembered what what had happened, he sobbed and he was broken about it, but never allowed that to stop him from still being committed to standing mm-hmm. on God's word, right? Yeah. And ended up in blessing mm-hmm. in the end. So thank you, Mother uh, Mother Linda. You're unbelievable, and I appreciate and always your commentary. Um, you're, you're the best. I want to go over, over to also Minister Stacy and just raise the hand on the heels of what our wonderful Mother Linda said. Um, let me unmute you, Minister Stacy, so you can jump in. Minister Stacy, go ahead. Hi, Pastor Tim. I just wanted to say Although Joseph went through so much, God was just continuing to deal with him. But in the scripture that, um, well, in the NLT version that I have, it states here, let's see, I took my hand off of it. Uh, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. I just believe that Joseph knew how much God loved him. He had that agape kind of love for Joseph and he was there with him. He, even though he was going through so much, God was right there. I believe more dreams, more visions. I believe, you know, that he was walking before him and Joseph knew that he could feel it, you know, and it just gave him the courage to do exactly what God wanted him to do, allowing him, even though he went through so many trials and tribulations to fulfill his to fulfill his destiny. So even though he was hurt, you know, God will tell us often to give that hurt to me so that I can make you whole. And I just think that he had such a close relationship with God that he was able to mend that heart. And Joseph was able to just move forward in the things that God wanted him to do. And he definitely had the Luke 252 blessing on him because God gave him favor with himself and with man. And um, I just think that with Joseph seeing those things that God was doing, it just strengthened him, encouraged him, and gave him the will to fulfill the destiny that God had placed before him despite, you know, all the odds. You know, the enemy came up like a flood, but the Lord lifted a standard. And the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. The weapons will form, but they won't prosper, not when God is in the midst. So that's all I wanted to say. God loved him dearly, 
And Joseph felt that love. He knew that love, and he had that relationship, and he loved God. And when you love someone, you want to please them. And uh, he did exactly what he needed to do in the end. So that's all that matters. Amen. Amen. Mr. Stacy, thank you for blessing us, you know, with just your comments. And it's amazing. Thank you so much. And I think you're, you're 100% right. Um, I, I want to, I want to, you know, also mention some of the comments we have from our sister Mary <clears throat> watching us on Facebook Live, who was just citing that, that Joseph was so obedient and, he, and he, he walked with so much humility. You know, he was obedient, very humble. And, and, and you know, definitely, without a doubt, um, committed to that as well. You know, he, he was committed to obeying, you know, the Lord in, in a variety of ways. And even though we didn't read that, uh, in the story, we didn't read those particular verses that that prove that out. You know, we see that um, in, in a variety of ways, and I could get into it in, in more detail. But um, we did see for sure that he did he walked with, with obedience, and we do see that he was humble uh, enough to um, work hard under the authority of people who, you know, really he had no business being under. If anything, they should have been you know working for him all along, right? And and yet. You know, here he was working under them, and um, it was great. And I think it's worthwhile to just ruminate on that for a bit because I do actually think, and actually I was saying this to somebody the other day, what holds us back a lot of the time, what's held even myself back from time to time is, you know, when you know that, you know, you're, you're, you're capable of greater or you're capable of more, to be able to still take work under authority and work your best, it, it, it takes a certain kind of humility and commitment to excellence to do that. Here's Joseph knowing he's called to greatness. He's already seen it. And yet he's got some jailer telling him what to do. And he's, he's humble enough to still work hard, even for a jailer who can't really even hold his water. Like realistically, that jailer will never be one-twentieth of what Joseph was called to be. And yet Joseph was always willing um, to do his best and to treat him with respect and honor. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's very, 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 very important. We never hear stories about Joseph, uh, it's not recorded in the Word of God that Joseph took any retribution against Potiphar when Joseph rises to the place of being second in command over all of Egypt. If it were some of us, maybe if it was me, I might have had a special something prepared, right, for, for Potiphar when I finally make it out after being wrongly and falsely accused uh, of something that I did not do and then making it to the place, uh, the position of basically the equivalent of like vice president or something like that, right, um, in, in the most powerful nation on earth. You know, you would think that somebody, a less humble person, you know, might have some get back, you know, as a result of that. But we didn't, we didn't hear uh, of Joseph, you know, behaving that way. And it wasn't consistent with his character. And we know that because, you know, when his brothers appeared, he didn't, you know, have any get back to them either. He, he, he essentially, despite the hurt, forgave them. There's something interesting about Joseph in that way. And uh, Mary also commented on Facebook that his faith was tested. That I think that relates in a lot of ways to what we've been hearing all throughout the night. I just wanted to acknowledge that comment from Mary. I think it's a good one. His faith was tested. His resolve was tested. His humility was certainly tested in a variety of ways. Um, and he passed with flying colors. You know, um, as um, And that's why we remember him so favorably. And the Lord honored him in so many ways. So I think it's great. I, I think it's been good just to talk, you know, about this. Um, I think it's good to get real about some of these discussions as well. Um, to get real about things that can hold us back, get real about what pride can do um, to us um, when we can't, you know, submit to authority, uh, get real about what hurt can do in our lives when we're hurt and we, and we feel like we want to get revenge despite the fact that 
the word of God says, then uses the Lord. It's just good for us to be thoughtful and be honest about all these things uh, so that we can, you know, uh, next time we're faced with that, such a situation, uh, be ready to respond in the, in the appropriate way. So with that being said, um, we're transitioning now. I always leave time at the end for us to wrap up with prayer requests or praise reports. So if anybody needs prayer, hit star five from the conference line and put your prayer request in the chat if you're Facebook. And um, we'll get we'll pray over you today. Definitely don't need to hesitate. Let us know if you need anything for prayer at all. And then um, if you have a praise report too, like if you just have a testimony, you just want to talk about how great God's been, we'll give you the mic and let you do that too. So just raise a hand or put a comment in the chat and we'll cover you. But right now I want to go over to Roger. Roger, what's going on? Hey, uh, so just um, prayer request that, uh, you know, just for everybody that's suffering. I know uh, we prayed about it earlier. We could just continue to lift that up on, um, you know, on your free time whenever you're praying us prayers at night. That was just a general request. And then a prayer request for myself is just uh, kind of hit a plateau, you know, with my business. And I'm doing everything I can. You know, I'm praising, I'm praying and walking in faith to not panic about finances. But being a small business owner and, you know, working for myself, it's not the same as going to a job where you get that guaranteed check, you know. So just if you could pray about that, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you um lifted that I that item up. Um let's start with the with where you ended and then whip it back around to the broader prayer. Um Heavenly Father, I just wanna thank you for your son Raja who trusts you, you know, even in, in, in lean times even in challenging times, trust you. No doubt about it. Um, that's why he's here. I know that he turns to you. I know that he believes, Lord God, that you, you can set his finances in order, um, even in the midst of a challenge. It's hard for small business owners, Lord, especially in a, in a COVID season, um, to be able to, you know, optimize, you know, revenue generating opportunities. But, Lord God, here's the thing. If you can bless him even, even in the midst of a famine, you can bless him even in the midst of a, of a pandemic. Lord God, I've seen you do it so many times. I just can't believe, Lord God, that you're not capable. Your word says the gold and the silver are yours. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak a word and, and just send blessings in his His direction. I pray you'd give Roger good ideas um, to continue to drive people towards um, his products and whatever it is that he's selling. Um, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would, you would cause more eyes and, and more minds to matriculate towards Raj's business and what he's trying to sell and what he's trying to produce. I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, you would cause his, 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 his work to prosper. You did it for Joseph, and Joseph was in a literal prison cell. And if you could do it for Joseph, you can do it for Raja. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will. I pray that you'll cause his hands uh, to be blessed. And I pray, by the way, if there's any forces spiritually kind trying to encumber his growth, that you, Lord God, would dismantle them completely. In the name of Jesus, yes. and I pray, Father, that blessings are are His. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, and I pray that you give Him peace because it's not easy when you're relying on yourself um, and when you don't have, as Raja was saying, that sort of steady paycheck coming in, working for you know, um, um kind of a, a standard nine to five job. But I pray, Lord God, that that Raja will be equipped with everything he needs to continue to to pursue his dreams and his goals and that he'll be able to provide for himself and his family. In Jesus' mighty name, and amen. And we also amen. want to pray, Lord God. Amen. And we also want to pray, Lord God, just for 
everybody's suffering as a result of, you know, anything from the pandemic to the freeze down in the south, Lord God. Well, we already lifted it earlier, but we just want to lift it up again. Just say, Lord, um, please just bless you, you know, your children. Enable them, Heavenly Father, to, you know, make make ends meet, to, uh, to, to make a new way. Enable them, Heavenly Father, to and be able to kind of get back on their feet. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Beautiful prayer. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Raja. It's always a pleasure, brother. You know, stay, definitely stay connected. Keep trusting in the Lord. You know, I have total faith that he'll come through for you. I have total faith. I stand in agreement with you. Thanks, brother. Um, now I want to go over to our minister, Stacy, um, who I believe also has a prayer item. Or maybe a praise report, whatever it is. Minister Stacy. Yes, Pastor Tim, I would like for you to pray for the homeless worldwide. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, I think it's so important. And I think, you know, one of the great things I love about having Minister Stacy on the line, she always gets us to sort of think at a macro level about some of the challenges in the world, whether it's salvation or whether it's. Um, the homeless, as we're going to pray tonight, it's just important to remember that because the Word of God indicates the Lord has a special place in His heart for people who, you know, don't have as much, people who are are um, in a helpless position or in a uh, underprivileged position, whether it's the homeless or widows, orphans, whatever. And so I think it makes sense for us to lift this up in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for anybody, Lord God, who's homeless throughout the world. Lord God, despite the fact that it may sometimes that the world has forgotten about them, you've never forgotten about them. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that somehow, some way, you know, Lord God, that you can make things right in their life and look after them. It's hard, Lord God, um, to know exactly, you know, what to do or what to pray with regard to an issue of this magnitude because, you know, Heavenly Father, we're just not sure how to solve it. And, and mankind's been trying to solve this problem for a long time and we haven't really quite figured it out or mastered it, Lord, but we know, Lord God, if you're looking after your people and if you're looking after your children, then things will work out. We know that in the name of Jesus. We believe that in Jesus' mighty name. Um, and, Heavenly Father, we just pray uh, right now that you would make a way for them. And we know you're not forgetting them. We pray that you send people into their lives to bless them. We pray that for some of them, Lord God, you'll spark their enthusiasm to you know, pull themselves together and and find a way out. We pray that we know that a lot of them are in this position because of maybe mental health issues or addictions or other, you know, forms of bondage. We pray that you release them from those things. And we pray, Father, that they would be established because we know that you love them and you died on a cross for them as well. In Jesus' mighty name, may they be established, cleansed, Lord God, and lifted high. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Minister Stacy. Thank you so much. And um, I don't see any, any prayer requests out of the Facebook group, and I think that was the last hand we had up in, in the conference line. But I want to pray over all of us here. The Lord just leading me right now to pray over all of you for protection, and particularly in the mind space. You know, it's one of the, the, the key areas that the enemy likes to, you know, attack is just in the area of our, of our just sort of the mind, space, thought life, things of that nature, you know, it's, it's his number one way of sort of communicating is in sort of thoughts and things like of that, of that ilk. Um, so we'll pray over that, you know. Uh, you know, one of the most, my sort of mentor um, in the faith is somebody who's been a friend of mine for, for a while now. And uh, 
I'll never forget. He's probably the most godly, you know, person that I know. He, he, he literally spends hours in prayer every day. You know, literally, he's written several books on, on, on faith and, and, and the Lord. Um, he, he, he fasts and prays as a lifestyle. He doesn't set like certain times of the year when he fasts. I mean, he, he fasts literally, I think for the last several years, he does, he's fasting basically every single day. He's giving up something. He's humbling himself before God each, each day, um, to try to get closer to the Lord. And, and as a result, he is, and he hears very clearly from the Lord. But one of the things I found so interesting was he says, he said to me once, he gets up every day in the morning and he always prays, you know, for protection. And he mentioned a whole bunch of other things. He said, I pray for, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I pray for protection. And But that one stuck with me. I said, here's someone who is living this super clean, you know, life, and not that anyone's perfect, but living a, a very clean, righteous, upright life, um, who is as close to God as anyone that I've ever met in my life, without a doubt, without a doubt. And yet, every day he gets to me praise for protection. That his mind will always be sound. That he will always be protected. The Lord will watch over him. That the enemy, the evil one, will, will stay at bay. And so I think it's always important for us to pray over that. And we talked about the Lord's Prayer, you know, I think early in the week. And one of the components of it, if you remember, is lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. That's one of the things that Jesus said. Jesus was teaching his people how to pray and said, when you pray, make sure to mention this too. And so I think it's important for us. I'm just going to pray over us today. Um, Father, we thank you. Hallowed be your name, Lord God. Let your kingdom come. Let all your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have your way in this place today. I lift up your children to you. I lift up all of us who are listening and who are a part of this meeting. Lord Jesus, just your protection, Lord. Just your protection. I don't need to say a whole lot here, Lord. Read what's in our hearts. We pray, Lord God, for you to protect your children, that our thoughts would be sound, all fear dismantled, all worries eradicated. We pray that any any mind-related spirit that tries to you know bother people, unsettle people in any way, shape, or form, is destroyed. I would encourage those who are listening. You can put your hand on a head, on your head, or on your heart. You know, wherever you might be, you know, sitting right now, just to show the Lord, you know, hey, we really mean this. Lord, I just pray that people would be at peace. We, we, you know, we hear, and I hear all the time, Lord God, the pastor, so many people worry about different things. And the enemy is always trying to bring fear and get us to think that God can't pull us through. It's not true. He's trying to get us thinking that we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, we're going we're gonna to sin, we're going to, you know, not be able to make ends meet, we're going to get sick, whatever it is. And I just... I just want to pray with people's minds, Lord God, right now. Whatever is trying to lie to us, shut it down, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We are protected. The blood of Jesus is upon us. We are never forsaken. And Heavenly Father, we bind the works of the devil, of the serpent. We crush the head of the enemy. We are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. And we have never been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. In Jesus' mighty name, we're walking and standing on that promise. And anything trying to speak anything to the contrary is a liar. And we won't listen to it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. We are cleansed. 
we are clean. Our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord God, that the sins of anybody on this land they are just forgiven and washed away. In Jesus' mighty name, establish us and protect us. In Jesus' name, and amen. All right. It's been an awesome session. Always great spending time with you all. Um, going to end the session for our, our followers on Facebook. Later, Facebook fam. Have a great night. I'm going to end it for them first. And so we're jumping off of Facebook. And now for the conference line. Have a good night, everybody. I'm muting everyone so we can say good night.